सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेदावहै ओ शाशाशाति गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेशर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम तस्म श्रीगुरवे नम भ्राजिष्णुर्भोजनम भोक्ता भ्राजिष्णुर्भोजनम भोक्ता सहिष्णुर्जगदादिज सहिष्णुर्जगदादिज अनघो विजयो जेता विश्वोनिपुनर्वसु सो दीज पॉइंटर्स विच पॉइंट डायरेक्टली वेरियस एस्पेक्ट्स वेरियस एंगल्स ऑफ अंडरस्टैंडिंग दैट परमात्मा सो वी हैव सीन टिल दी हंड्रेड एंड फोर्टी एथ वर्ल्ड or pointer today we start with the 141st pointer bhrajishnuhu bhojanam bhokta sahishnuhu jagadadijah anagah vijayah jeta vishvayonihi punarvasuhu bhrajishnuhu bhrajishnuhu the meaning is the one who is self effulgent bhrajishnu prakashaikarasa tvat the one who has the capacity to illumine by its own self what are the things that are having that kind of illumination so one kid had said that there are these little bugs in the night time when they start flying around you know they have the self illumination fireflies so is it bhagwan is a firefly bhagwan is there in the firefly also not just exclusively that but also inclusive of that bhrajishnuhu bhrajishnuhu the one which is self effulgent prakasha ek rasatvat everything that is conscious is called the illumining faculty everything that is conscious how much of that conscious principle can be allowed or is allowed to express outside because there are various beings creatures not all of them are as qualified as 
the human form. Whether we use the human form in the right way or not is not the discussion. The discussion is why is this human birth such a glorious one? For that consciousness to reflect outside, to illumine outside, maximum number of faculties are available. We have five organs of perception, five organs of action, the mind and the intellect and the memory, all these things are illumined. Through them, we illumine the outside world. Now, with respect to the animals, not an, all animals have all the faculties of hands, legs. There are some animals which do not have ears. The snakes do not have ears. So, I wonder why do the Indian snake charmers play the bean? Bean is the musical instrument with which they play for the snakes. So, it is only later that I understood that the music is for our entertainment and the snake actually is not following the sound, but it is following the movement of that bean, of that instrument. Accordingly, it starts moving. It does not have the hearing faculty. Its skin is so sensitive that it can sense the sound movements and can feel it through the skin. But it does not have ears. It does not have hands and legs. So, that consciousness cannot illumine through all these. And the only or only species which has that consciousness illumining forth. And that consciousness is not something which is created. In, in Puja Guruji's, uh, he has written beautiful sadhana sopan, a beautiful composition, in which one segment is called dhyana sopan. He talks about what is dhyana. He says that this consciousness is not something which is the result of an action, is not something which is a result of feeling, it is not a result of a japa or a process. Because if it were a result of any action, we should have already attained it by hook or crook. By mistake at least we should have reached it. But we have been performing these actions so long, so far, that it has not resulted in that realization. So it is not something that can be created, something that can be changed, something that can be uh, morphed into. But it is that which is constantly illumining and it does not require any other illumining agency. And that is what we chant every day we do the Arati. O Lord, you are self-effulgent. You do not require this little arati to, you know, illumine you. Natatra suryo bhati na chandratarakam nema vidyuto bhanti kutoyam agnihi. Kutaha ayam agnihi. This small little agni that we have in front of you, it cannot illumine you. But it is so that our eyes are illumined to see you. It is that. Tameva bhantam anubhati sarvam. With your effulgence, everything in this world is glowing. Everything is illumining. In its own respect, in its own perspective, in its own limitation, it, it is still glowing in that shape and form. 
so that which is glowing that which is self effulgent that which does not require any other assistance to understand or know therefore we don't require a mind and an intellect to understand paramatma when we become mindless when we become intellectless that is when paramatma is understood so it does not depend on the intelligence of the buddhi it does not de depend upon the sharpness of the mind it does not remember it, it does not depend upon the vast ability to not just remember but also retrieve it at the right time because these are the things that we get carried away in thinking that you know this person must be realized but this has got nothing to do with realization because realization is beyond and it is self effulgent self illumining bhrajishnu where does it illumine how does it illumine itself this is as the entire world of bhojanam now bhojanam very loosely translated is food that is why food is respected that will be beautiful right if bhojanam is bhagwan's name and you want to name somebody name them as bhojana bhojan kumar or bhojana priya i'm just thinking next time somebody asks me some you know unique name i'll give them this name <laughs> bhojan kumar <laughs> bhojanam what does bhojanam mean food but here it is not stopping itself from the edible food that is one kind of food food that which we eat you know choshyam lehyam you know there are foods that we drink peyam there are uh, foods that we suck on there are foods that we lick on there are foods that we chew on this is literally the food that which can sustain us but the different foods food for the eyes are the forms food for the ears is the sound food for the nose nostrils is the smell i am not qualifying it as either good or bad this is the smell is the food the food for the tongue is the taste and food for the skin is the touch and that is why we also say food for thought when we are listening to something something which is very very uh, subtle and we say this is you know take home message this is food for my thought it is not thought of food that i will be at 9 o'clock but it is the food for the thought so all these kinds of bhojana what are they that which sustains these different organs that which sustains these different species different creatures different beings those are called the very expression of paramatma that he not only creates this beautiful universe 
but also creates enough opportunity to sustain that creation. Therefore, the greatest service, at least for Hindus, for that matter, humanity, I should say, greatest service is when we can feed somebody. It's called Annadana. And that is why whenever I, I receive food, I say Annadata Sukhi Bhava. As there are more than one of us eating, and I, I end up saying Annakhata Sukhi Bhava. <laughs> Those who are eating it also, may they be sukhi. Because it is said that you give anything to humanity, they will never feel satiated, they will never feel complete, they will never stop asking. But food is one thing that you offer that everybody who is eating has to come to a point where they say, enough. I am full now. I don't require anything more. That is one dana which is called a complete dana. It is like offering Paramatma to them. Offering an opportunity of Paramatma to them. That is why Annadana is called that kind of a, a sacred dana. Sacred uh, sacrifice. When we sacrifice, it is not that we are sacrificing the Anna. We are sacrificing that which we could afford for somebody else for giving that Paramatma in that form to sustain them. That Annadanam Mahadanam. It is called the greatest dana. Greater than Annadana is teaching them how to stand on their own feet so that they can feed themselves. When you make them a habit, that you know food is given, you are giving them basic necessity to survive. But if you teach them how to earn it, how to make a living so that that food is procured by them, you are giving them a means to attain to that Paramatma in the form of Bhojana. Therefore, we whenever sit for eating food, we chant the mantras or shlokas. We say that Annapurnas, Annapurne, Sadapurne, Shankara Prana Vallabhe, Jnana Vairagya Siddhyartam, Bhikshan Dehicha Parvati, O Mother Parvati, in the form of Annapurna. Because Shiva's wife, she is the Annapurna Devi. Annapurna Devi, she is the mother who feeds every form and being. She is like typical mother. Or all mothers are like her. That when she is uh, in the most docile form, she is the one who feeds everybody. If you mess with her, then she becomes Durga Bhadrakali. Don't the mothers become that way? Mahakali. Mahakali, Mahadurga. And she takes that prachanda form. So, we are not invoking Mother Parvati in that form. We are invoking her as Annapurna. The one who satiates Purnatva through Anna. Even Bhagavan Shiva found his Purnatva when Mother 
in the form of Annapurna Devi in Kashi gave alms to Bhagwan Shiva. There is a story that you know Brahmaji was born with five processors, five heads. But because he lies to Shiva with his little pinky, he knocks his fifth head, which is on the top. And Brahmaji, you know, the one head removed is called Brahmahatya Dosha. So that dosha, it said that his kapala, his begging bowl, whenever it will full itself, fill itself, that is when that dosha is removed. This Brahma Kapala fell near Badrinath, the river Alakananda behind Badrinath, and that's what the river flows. There it had fallen, and there those who do the Shraddha, it is considered as very sacred. 14 years after you have done the Shraddha of the loved ones, if you do the 15th year there, then it is said to be the most auspicious one. After that, even if you forget offering, you don't need to worry about it has that kind of Sreshthatva. <clears throat> so, Bhagavan Shiva went all the 14 worlds, his begging bowl never filled. Then finally, he came down to Kashi and in Kashi, Mother Annapurna Devi drops few grains into that begging bowl and the bowl fills. That is why in the Annapurna Devi temple in Kashi, which is next to the Vishwanath temple, very close to the Vishwanath temple. There, the prasad, what you get from that temple, is not some kind of laddu or some sweet or something, but you get uncooked rice as prasad. It is said you should never step out of that temple without taking that rice as prasad. And those who bring that rice and keep them in the altar, they will be blessed with, their generations after them will be blessed with enough to survive on, at least. It's not just to say that, you know, enough to survive, I can do it right now. It is to guarantee that at least there is enough to survive on. There will never be a situation wherein the family will not have food for survival. So, Bhagwan is the one who expresses himself, not just create and leave, but also provide the food for survival. Now, if we even understand this one point, that if he has created us and he has put us into this world, wherein not only that he has created us, but also provided food for us, that which we deserve alone comes to us. He has already provided for us. Many times, now we have the prarabdha to earn, but we do not have the prarabdha to enjoy what we earn. Why? Because you cannot eat sweets, because your, your inside is a sugar factory. You cannot eat uh, spice, because it kicks in acidity. You cannot eat salt because you have blood pressure. What is left? Survive on raw vegetables. 
survive on those pills to maintain it in balance. So Bhagwan gives not just the birth or the opportunity to be born as human being, but also takes care of us by providing that which is necessary. If that is provided for, what should the human effort be towards? Only two things. Fulfill the responsibilities and offer those responsibilities to the highest altar. Second is to understand and realize that for which we are born, that for which is the very purpose that we are born for, to realize one's own true nature. But if the priority gets changed, and this I am not telling those people who are striving hard to make a survival, this I am telling in a gathering wherein I know for sure that your survival is not at stake. Don't we have enough? Of course, I am not defining what is enough. But in whatever parameters that you can think of, do we have enough? Do we have three times meals? Okay, four times meals. I am just trying to calculate what is the fourth one. Oh, snack. Okay. In Gujarati, they call it farsan, nashto. <clears throat> the word nashta comes from Sanskrit. Did you know that? Ashata means to eat. Ashana means hunger. Ashana, pipasa, hunger. Nashta means you munch on something, not gobble up. Na ashatavat. You eat as if you have almost not eaten. Just making it as a reference because you mentioned it. That is what it actually means. In the name of Nasta, we have a, a full course right there. We have chai, we have uh, you know various kinds of samosa, papad, and that and this. Na ashatavat. So four times meals we have. We have enough, and he has already provided for. If he has already provided for, like as parents, don't you tell your children, we are already striving hard to provide everything for you. And what is it that we expect from them? Put your whole mind in learning good and earning a good score. You don't have to worry and bother about anything else. Don't we say that? Similarly, Paramatma in the form of Bhojana, he is saying, I am already providing for everything to you. All that you have to work on is to focus that mind onto that Paramatma and realize it. Realize it as one's own core of being. Bhrajishnur Bhojanam Bhokta now, if you look at it from the other perspective, 
अन्न भोक्ता अभी सुखी भव राइट हु इज द वन हु इज एंजॉइंग इट यू पुट अ चाय नियर दूल और द चेयर डू यू थिंक द चेयर इज गोइंग टू एंजॉय इट यू पुट नाइस ब्यूटिफुल डेकोरेटेड फूड प्लेटर ऑन टू द टेबल डू यू थिंक द टेबल इज गोइंग टू एंजॉय इट you put food around the one who is dead do you think the dead man is going to enjoy it it's only as long as you are alive and what is it that is keeping them alive that which is keeping them alive that because of which we are able to interact with this bhojana that is called bhokta in true sense it is that consciousness because of whose presence the eyes we can enjoy the forms through the ears we can enjoy the sounds of course the different uh, the eyes different ears different tastes and every generation there is there is a volume of difference of taste what we consider as noise the children consider it as music right somebody this car i just said these days i've been traveling quite a bit on the yuva kendra thing so there's yuva kendra guys who come to pick me up and just to understand the pulse of the one who is driving i immediately turn on the uh, stereo system and you should see their face and their reaction should i change the cd <laughs> and one day I, i sat down and turned it on and then repented why i turned it on then i pulled that cd out to read the album it said brain uh, damages what it actually means is brain damage so they have shifted these two letters here and there and they call that that album was called brain damages or that that uh, that rock band and it is totally hard rock heavy metal so i looked at that kid and said do you even understand the words that they are saying so it is not for the they're just screaming da 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 they screaming behind it and they said i was like is that really music and he says yes it helps me focus <laughs> i was like ouch it's really a brain damage <laughs> so one uh, for one it what appears to be uh, music for other it may not appear now when you play your stotras or your bhajans and your uh, old songs the kids immediately look at not again mommy i feel sleepy i feel bored what is this they don't feel they feel that it is nice whatever to your taste the one who is enjoying that sound through the ear the smell through the nose again there are different smells 
and there is somebody who said this is the most exotic fruit and they brought in something called uh, it is like malaysia thailand and that area no 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 dragon fruit is not that dragon fruit is it, it is used only in the marmalade but this is called duran ha durian man it has its its own unique smell let me not uh, qualify it either ways but at my personal level i could not stand it and they say it is the most exotic flavor i said okay <laughs> it has a good taste but the smell it throws you off so i understood that you know close your nose and eat it similarly probably these kids also feel that you know the jackfruit is it good smell see see some people love it some people hate it so there is this old story that bunch of these women fisher folk women they had uh, gone to the nearby village to sell their uh, catch and after selling they were about to return but the entire place got it like you know there was a, a tornado or something that was passing by and they could not move forward they had a friend in that village who was also selling flowers so they go and say hey, can we rest uh, you know sleep in your place because we we can't afford to go in this kind of weather so please they had a feast and they enjoyed the food and at night uh, this lady went to sleep and these two ladies the fisher folk women they could not sleep at all and this is there is something disturbing and i said what is disturbing is the smell of the flowers so they brought inside the house the basket in which they were carrying their fish and you know how the dried fish smells even in that locality where the fish is being dried you pass by your clothes also start smelling so they brought that basket in they started snoring immediately but the lady of the house she immediately got awakened <laughs> awakened because she couldn't tolerate that smell so through the smell through the nose that one who is enjoying that specific smell and you go to the college you will find a variety of shapes and forms and colors and the, the, the hair can you imagine that you know there is pink hair with the blue as a border it's like jarring into the eye the clothes that they wear there are some of them who wear everything head to toe complete black their hair they have dyed it black their uh, what do you call this eyelashes have been colored black their lipstick is black their ornaments are black they have a belt on the neck which is black the whole clothes are black i believe they call that as gothic 
black gothic their taste whatever be the taste of enjoyment through the eyes ears nose uh, tongue and the touch through the skin the one who is actually enjoying them because of whose presence we enjoy them is the true enjoyer called bhokta therefore before we take the food we offer that food to that prana have you ever wondered why we say pranaya swaha apanaya swaha why don't we say that you know to the to that lord i am offering the food why are we offering it to the prana it is because of these prana which do the physiological activities that there is hunger and thirst therefore we are directly feeding that bhokta mukhya prana because of whom we are alive and relish and enjoy the world that suits us bhrajishnur bhojanam bhokta sahishnur jagadadijah sahishnuhu sahishnuhu the one who is capable of enduring everything now paramatma in the form of bhudevi in the form of earth without earth do you think we can be sustained everything that we live by is nothing but coming out of that earth food comes from the earth minerals metals come from the earth gas or the petrol comes from the earth every aspect of our living comes from the earth but do we have any gratitude towards that any gratitude so much of you know trash i was watching <clears throat> i don't know how they pronounce it gyres or gyres or gyres g y r e s in the national geography they were showing gyres okay there are these seven spots on in the ocean wherein there is absolutely no current movement or a wave in the ocean there are such seven spots and in these seven spots the aquatic beings even the ship cannot go through it it has become that way why because they find that in these seven spots there is such a thick volume of plastic and that which cannot be decomposed the the waste that human beings are producing gets collected in those places that it becomes almost impenetrable the oldest plastic that was found in that place is about 40 40 45 years old maybe we may have thrown it there it may have reached 
and over the years it has gone gathered into that place and there they say that the water is fully ridden with what they call as BPA and the aquatic beings living there are living off of it that you can see the mutilation in them and these when they crossbreed with the other aquatic beings and human beings feed off of it you know so much of pollution water is polluted air is polluted land is polluted you know one of the uh, the earlier president he says oh we don't have pollution problem only that the air water and land is not in its original condition <laughs> that is called pollution do you know whom i'm talking about fellow dalasite so this whole earth what does it do it endures the first shloka that we chant as soon as we get up karagre vasate lakshmi and immediately is samudra vasane devi parvata sthala mandale you know oh mother you know you bear us all without ever complaining without ever feeling disgusted with what we do and you still bear us to your patience to your forbearance our gratitude and our salutations so you touch that mother earth and then step on that earth forbearance now the same thing if inculcated at an individual level sahishnuhu life as it unfolds itself in different experiences for us can we avoid them we can never avoid them however overwhelming or challenging those situations may be they say that that which cannot be changed learn to endure but sahishnu does not just mean that endure it but find a method to enjoy it uh, often given this particular example of this kid that revealed how you can relish and enjoy the things that you cannot change you cannot escape from we were in a balvihar camp i think this was in orlando we were in a balvihar camp and in that camp we had about 40 50 kids and in the evening the kids were in the main hall and uh, we were three acharyas or four acharyas we were sitting in the back very back all the volunteers were in the front and uh, there was this lady who was quite enthusiastic she said she will do the evening bhajans and she came in these were fourth fifth sixth graders a very restless bunch of kids and she already loses their attention by adjusting her harmonium and you know tuning it pa 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 and then they are already getting restless and then she starts 
प्रेम मुदित मन से कहो एंड द ट्यून दैट शी स्टार्ट द पेस दैट विच शी स्टार्ट विथ प्रेम मुदित मन से कहो राम 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 सेम भजन संग प्रेम मुदित मन से कहो राम राम दैट इज द एज ग्रुप वेर इन दिल अंडरस्टैंड दैट बीट दैट दैट पेस ऑफ इट एंड एंजॉय दैट म्यूजिक and this kids now are getting so restless they they see that in the front they cannot sneak out in the back we are all sitting they cannot sneak out they getting really restless there is one kid sitting right in front of us he was the only one who was smiling he would keep chuckling to himself i thought he was up to some mischief but he was not at to any mischief but he was entertaining himself so what he had done that the, from the carpet so if you find that in your classrooms the carpets are losing their thread it means you have been boring <laughs> so he pulled out a full thread you know broke it from the carpet and nicely uh, twisted it to make a fine little you know strong thread with a sharp or a uh, edge to it not sharp but what do you call it a thin edge to it and then puts his leg foot on his lap and then tickles it he tickles himself and then keeps smiling and you know, laughing <laughs> every so often that which cannot be changed he found a method to not just endure but enjoy that is called stress management stress is an integral part of life you cannot escape it you can only learn how to manage it and the way you learn to manage it is not to get frustrated at it but learn how to really make an enjoyable moment out of it and on the top of it he says he turns to his friend and he says and he says sri ram 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 he said this goes on and on and on on and on and on he makes a song out of it and i thought if this kid had this kind of presence of mind definitely he will become a very good team lead because he knows how to manage pressure to manage stress now in our life yesterday we were seeing we have probably seven aspects to handle right should we go through the list of it we have the seven list and 95% of it cannot be changed oh lord give me patience give me patience serenity to go through that which i cannot change that 5% which can be changed give me the strength to change it and the wisdom to know the difference what has to be changed and what cannot be changed if we understand that we have learned how to become sahishnu it's not just about tolerating others 
it's going beyond far above the tolerate tolerating feeling but to envelop that that situation that person that environment with love that is when it is called sahishnu bhrajishnur bhojanam bhokta sahishnur jagadadijah jagat adijah paramatma and they keep asking the kids keep asking when was lord created lord is not created god is not created he is the one who creates everything why jagat adijah the one who is existing before all this creation jagat came into picture before it came into picture before it was created the one who exists that eternal being is called jagat adijah another meaning of this is just before the creation the creator with its creative surge encompasses the entire aspect of creation in his mind that state is called the hiranya garbha very loosely translated i don't like the translation in the english books you you find it translated as the golden womb it is not just the golden womb it is golden because of the opportunities that are being created see when we create something when we want to do something don't we have a flow chart in our mind those who cannot handle a flow chart in the mind at least put it on their uh, smartphones pda or on a paper things to do to do list tasks to finish list them out and each task how are you trying to handle it how are you trying to um, you know make sure that you will be successful in accomplishing it you have a flow chart that state with respect to this entire creation wherein it is not yet created but it has been visualized is called hiranyagarbha that paramatma is not just in the avyakta but in the vyakta in the expressful format he is the hiranyagarbha therefore the mantra in the upanishads in the vedas they say that hiranya hiranyagarbha samavartata agre bhutasya jata patireka asit in the nasadiya sukta it comes that before this entire creation came about that paramatma as a creator becomes the hiranyagarbha as well from that this whole creation expresses that is called jagadadijah so bhrajishnur bhojanam bhokta sahishnur jagadadijah <coughs> hiranyagarbha rupena jagat utpadyate swayam iti jagadadijah the one who expresses himself as the jagat in the form of hiranyagarbha therefore called jagadadijah anagha anagho vijayo jeta anagha what does anagha mean 
अघम न विद्यते अस्य इति अनघः अपहत पापमा इति श्रुते द वन हु डज नॉट हैव अघम अघम सिन अनघ अनघ द वन हु डज नॉट हैव सिन नो व्हाट डज सिन मीन sin means to not exist in an state of equilibrium in itself is sin there was this kid that i met in minneapolis he was doing a project in chemistry and he wanted to share his revelation he said that in the chemical uh, chart what do you call it periodic table thank you in the periodic table the last row the last row is called the noble elements neon xenon all those forgot okay it was a reminder pressure so that noble elements are the most stable one they don't react they don't jump around they are the most stable stable elements why because they are in the most natural state those elements which are in that row in that column no in that row in that column is the uh is the noble elements those which are in that row they are so unstable because of their either an extra electron or a less of an electron that extra or less of an electron itself is a negativity and you put it so beautifully i said wow you understood vedanta me because electrons are what is their charge negative charge and because of that negative charge they are constantly in a restless environment and they are trying to acquire to the closest noble status that status wherein the elements don't react they only respond even the nature is trying to teach us get back to that balance as long as these negativities exist means that incompleteness exists that incompleteness itself is a sin based off of that incompleteness then we draw lines of morality ethics and other things and say if you can manage to do this much then it is called papa this is or if you don't manage to do it it is called papa and if you manage to do it is called punya is just a luxury that we are you know playing around with but in true sense 
not being in that balanced state. Acquiring the other dharma and trying to live as something that which we are not and profoundly profess that which we are not as something that which is in itself is called sin. That which is and we recognize not. That which is not, we not only just recognize it but also thrive living as it is called sin, the primordial sin. In layman's terms, too much of technicality there. In layman's terms, what does it mean? What is it that exists but we recognize not? Is the self-illumining Paramatma. What is it that exists not, but we live as and thrive as? E-G-O. That in itself, that existence as an ego in itself is an aberration in existence. And now tell me, trying to live like a good ego or a bad ego, does it make any sense? Ego itself is bad. Among that, within that ego, trying to classify the ego as good or bad, does it make any sense? Does it make any logical approach to it? Therefore, the difference of the Western philosophy and Eastern philosophy is very distinct and clear. The Western philosophy focuses on identifying this ego, pumping it up, bloat it, glamorize it from all angles and create the worthiness of that ego. If you read the, the self-help counter in that aisle, all the books, they talk about engaging this ego and making it positive. Ego in itself is the biggest negativity. What are you trying to make it a positive? It will be a frustrating effort. effort. Therefore, the Eastern philosophers have always gone beyond and they found that the very existence of ego in itself is the cause of all restlessness. For oneself as well as for people around, when is the most peaceful time? Good. Sleep is the most peaceful time. As one mother introduced her child, she said, Amiji, he is the sweetest kid as long as he is in that state. He is sleeping. Once he wakes up, he is a mini tornado that everything has to be either broken or broken by. Nothing can remain in its, he is constantly that, you know, hyper and agitated. The only peaceful time is when he is sleeping. 
the only adorable cute time is when he is sleeping even for us when do we find that peace when we are asleep for ourselves as well as for the rest of the world do you know why because the ego has withdrawn what is realization while staying awake to withdraw that ego annihilate that ego consciously awarefully if that process be learnt that day is truthfully truthfully the most celebrated moment in that individual's life that here is called anagaha the one who exists without the ego because the very basis of our papa is the existence of ego and then we try to say i am not that bad the one who is claiming it the very claimer is a sinful entity now what are we trying to glorify it that is why they say when they talk about saints that it was not a person it was not a personality it was very paramatma expressing there is no more ego layer of ego there anagaha agha means ego anagha absence of ego so all of us are realized when we are asleep because there is no ego right all of us are with paramatma when all of us are with god when we are asleep i made this statement once in a balavihar camp in our own labor day camp here in dallas all the parents at least 15 20 of them came i don't know what you taught to the kids in the camp they don't want to go to school they don't want to get up out of the bed they want to continuously sleep it is the you know the misunderstood or wrongly implemented knowledge i told them if i have taught them that i can also teach you how to break that <clears throat> if and when they get up and ask for food and other things and they really their time wherein they'll get thirsty and they'll get hungry when they come you tell them that those who are with god they don't feel hunger and thirst don't they don't talk about food and water if you are talking about it then you are not yet there to reach to that state while we are awake and alert while we are awake and available is the spiritual unfoldment so let us not make the spiritual effort as another feather in the cap of the ego to claim that now i am becoming satvik and better than the rest of them holier than thou is the highest state of stupidity even it is the ego again proclaiming it anagaha egoless state and that in true sense is called vijayaha that is the true success true true victory rest of them are accomplishments 
what is the true you know whenever there is a team team which wins what does it follow it follows with a celebration is there anybody after a victory goes sits down in one corner and says no, no, i just won when you win you want to go out there and celebrate that moment of victory so vijayaha is that moment of victory that moment of celebration in one's life when that asura asura which asura the ego has been not just you know put to sleep but thoroughly annihilated now the question that we have to ask ourselves do we have the courage to annihilate that by which we live as you may behave egoistically you may not behave egoistically but still there is an ego do we have the courage to blast that ego again whose ego are we talking about not your children's ego not your spouse's ego one's own ego that is why mundaka shruti says that this paramatma is attained by that one who has courage as the prime quality courage to walk this path now if today i were to announce that today evening we would have say lakshmi puja ashta aishwarya siddhyartham lakshmi puja this hall would have not been sufficient we would have to take the next hall there will be that many people but to work on ego because it requires that kind of maturity that kind of courage that kind of um commitment yes but more than a commitment is that kind of will power to work at it meticulously to annihilate it at all levels that in true sense is called vijay is a victory of that life that individual anagaha vijayaha jeta that in true sense is called true success what is the purpose of life to have success and happiness but if we focus only on success because it is not guaranteed that the one who is successful ends up being happy can you guarantee that the one who is successful <clears throat> can you guarantee happiness and the one who is happy need not be considered successful but the life's purpose is to find both 
to be successfully happy and to be happily successful. Jeta, the true success in life. Now as a speaker, as the first step in their life, after having heard all this knowledge, after having gone through the entire processing of this knowledge, knowledge, knowledge which is acquired through various sources, knowledge, knowledge acquired through education, and that is another big flaw because in today's world education is not meant for knowledge. A generation has gone by and now the, this present generation thinks that it has firmly believed, it firmly believes now that education is not meant for knowledge but it is meant for making money. And if it does not make money, then it is not called education. So, Gurudev used to say, we are a lot which can be branded as educated illiterates. We have gotten educated, but we have not acquired the knowledge. So, when we, there are the knowledge gained through education, through the wisdom shared by the elders, well-wishers, parents, and it is always a struggle that one generation and the next generation thinks that their earlier generation does not have knowledge. They are not wise. And it is only that when we are put in that situation, which may be like 30, 40 years later, we sit back and think, you know, all this my parents used to tell me, now I see the truth in it. At that time, I resisted it. Now I think that was the path. And where was this? I think it was in Arkansas. There's this young lady with three kids. She had invited me for Biksha on our way. I was talking to her about the youth empowerment program and the purposefulness of it and other things. And she was quite impressed with the program and she said, but you know Swami, most of that which I am relishing today, there is not a day that passes by when I feel the urge to call upon my parents and thank them for putting up with me. Because while growing up all the wisdom that they gave, I resisted it. And she took a simple example in her life that she got married to a Indian, a Hindu. And she says, if this was told to me that you know, it, it gives such an amount of balance when you marry somebody in your own culture, in your own uh, traditions, in your own uh, ethnicity. 20, 30 years ago, I would have been the most violently reacting one, not agreeing with it. It is all. But today, when I am the responsible one who has to take care and raise my own children, 
I appreciate, I understand how true it was when my parents said. And I shiver that I have this responsibility to give this wisdom to them and they are going to resist me. So, every other generation is trying to give that wisdom. We acquire all this knowledge. But that knowledge alone is not sufficient. The knowledge has to be churned. To turn that knowledge into wisdom is a lifelong process. Otherwise, it will be like you know, coffee or tea. Somebody has put sugar in it. It has sugar in it, but it has not been stirred. Will that coffee or tea taste sweet? Similarly, we have been acquiring all this knowledge, but we have not been churning it into wisdom. So, how should it be churned into wisdom? To take this knowledge, apply it in our day-to-day -day life, go through various experiences trying to experiment with it, experiment with an open set of mind, wherein whether it is a failure, whether it is a success, or whether you have accomplished something through it, it, is, it still goes into the feedback loop in trying to reconfirm that piece of knowledge into, you know, crystallizing it into wisdom, becoming an expert in that field, the wise one in that field, through various experiences and experimenting it. Thus, a beautiful crystal of wisdom is born in that particular field. And now the success, jeta, is because life does not give us the luxury to, you know, have that uh, smooth affair of experimenting with it and then trying to apply it when required. As life unfolds, it keeps throwing us in different angles that we had never fathomed going through. While growing up, as a simple example, would you ever have imagined sitting in this class? A simple experience. Isn't this itself a twist? Would I have imagined that I would be in this position to speak to you? Probably not. Yeah, definitely I had the itch, I had the urge to teach. And if I had not met Gurudev, probably I would become a physics professor. Physics was my interest of subject. I would have probably become that. But because of his presence, I would have never imagined without him being here. Such amazing twists that life has. Success truly is that. When we apply this wisdom in our day-to-day -day life and that application which takes us to that core of our being, to that balance within, that truly is called success. Rest of the things, you know, earning a good name, fame, assets, wealth, you know, they are all accomplishments, they are not successes. 
success is truly when we can apply that wisdom in our day to day life and come back to that balance to that noble state you know the periodic table to come back to that balanced state of existence that truly is the successful life otherwise it is just that we have had lots of accomplishments but in true spiritual sense cannot be considered as the most successful anagho vijayo jeta vishvayo nipunarvasuhu vishvayonihi vishvayonihi the one who is the cause of this entire universe vishvayonihi the one who is the cause of this entire universe now the second meaning that gurudev brings about in, in a very beautiful way he says he who has the world has his cause now without the world is there a ishwara required it is like without a child can you be called a parent if you are in other religions you can you can be called as a father brother and a sister in christianity they when but that's a title here i'm talking about becoming a parent so without the jagat without the jeeva can there be a ishwara without the two teams participating and uh, you know uh, engaging themselves in a game is there a need for a referee is there a need for an umpire not required right if there are two people who are say in a boxing game then you require a referee when there is no boxing ring when there is no two people participating in there is there an entity of a referee there required not necessary so paramatma or that ishwara is an entity because there is a world because there is this jeeva vishvayonihi that because of whom the world exists and equally that world because of whom he exists vishvayonihi punarvasuhu punarvasuhu <coughs> the one who comes again and again punaha punaha shareeshu vasati kshetragnya rupena iti punarvasuhu and the one not realizing his own true nature the jivatma transmigrates from one form of expression of you know in 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 one form comes back again and again in different forms is because of that reflected consciousness which also is nothing but an extension of that paramatma alone punarvasuhu so bhrajishnur bhojanam bhokta sahishnur jagadadijah anagho vijayo jeta vishvayo nipunarvasuhu the next shloka 
उपेन्द्रो वामन प्राशु वामन प्राशु अमोघशुचिर्जिता अतींद्र संग्रह सर्गो अतींद्र संग्रह सर्गो धृतात्मायमो यम that we will see tomorrow om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 harihi om shri gurubhyo namaha harihi om